0: Hello and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a fortnightly magazine programme about East Asian film, led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EasternKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hello. Each episode we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, festivals, and often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. So welcome to the latest podcast, and once again we're all in lockdown. This time, James and I have been joined by Hangul Celluloid's Paul Quinn. Hello. And by Easton Kick's very own Roxy.
1: Hi.
0: We'll be chatting about free, or at least free-ish Korean film. But firstly, let's get to the important question. What are we all drinking? James?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I've kind of outdone myself. Uh, This might be the the lockdown getting, but I've got a cocktail. (laughs) Self-mixed. had martini Last time it was martini. Now it's some bastard mix of um, (laughs) (laughs) coconut milk, Uh, four four shots of white rum, and one shot of whiskey. Sort of shaken up, shaken up in a cocktail shaker over ice, and it, it just tastes of cocktail, <laughs> a cocktail like some kind of coconut mixture. So it's gonna go very very quick. Nice uh, got a nice whiskey chaser on the side, and after this, I'll switch up to drinking whiskey mac probably.
0: <laughs> well, that's
2: that's good to know. It sounds like an awful lot of effort, you know, rather than
3: it's, just opening a bottle of something. But,
2: but it's up to you. If it was fan, <laughs> if it was fancier, well done, it might be. So you're you're picturing something with you know which actually looks nice and everything which is very professional looking it, it's it's unfortunately not but it, it'll do the job <laughs> well, as, long as, it, as long as it hits the button
0: you need some of those little cocktail umbrellas exactly i've got nothing yeah, like
2: do. that now <laughs> how about yourself uh
0: i am on uh deep end another howling hops
2: oh what's the oh 7.4 then it's a strong one
0: yes it's not the strongest, I've still got a can of that well shot in the cupboard, which is
2: 13%. That t- truly is tip man's beer. It is, it is.
3: How about you, Paul? I'm afraid, um, it's a long story, I am on post-cordial, simply because last night I opened what I thought would be a single bottle of Shiraz, And Mm -hmm. I hit that line where you think another half bottle's a really good idea. (laughs) And by the end of the evening, at 3 o'clock this morning, I was so pissed, I crawled (laughs) to bed. I feel (laughs) awful. And I'm I'm trying to avoid my neighbours, so I don't have to apologise for whatever I did. So, um, (laughs) sorry to to wuss out, but there's probably enough Shiraz in my system To still make it that I'm drinking it anyway. Yeah,
0: you probably still are, you know.
3: That's fair enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Roxy?
1: I am drinking juice. (laughs) Yay. Fully sober. (laughs) (laughs) Woo!
0: Okay, so let's let's get on with the actual chat, shall we? Mm. So, uh, this is for people who might have seen Parasite and be wondering where to go next with South Korean film. You might be a bit unsure, you don't want to actually spend any cash or at least not anything extra. <laughs> um, so that's why we're looking at some of the films you can find for free. I think, Paul, you're gonna lead us in with uh, your choices from the Korean Film Archive who have a YouTube channel, uh, which yep. is a great resource for some great films. And classics, classics. Absolute mm. classic. And you're going to start with one of those that's, that's very, very highly regarded and would in fact make a, a perfect double bill with Parasite. In fact, Bong Joon-ho has cited it as an influence. And it's another film about a family and a staff member set in a very distinctive designed house, although to me the decor looks quite bizarre. Um, <laughs> and again, there's social commentary, although perhaps not quite as simplistic as upper class and working class. So Paul, you know, uh, what is that film?
3: That film is Kim Ki-young's The Housemaid from 1960. Um, and when you got in touch with me and said, you know, have a, have a look, have a think, I thought about directors, I thought about everybody talking about Bong Joon-ho. And when it comes down to it, mo- most Korean film fans have a choice of one or two films that they think is the best Korean film ever made. Half people think it's Memories of Murder, Bong Joon-ho. And those that don't <laughs> more than likely think it's the housemaid. So that's why I mm. essentially chose it because along with Memories of Murder you can balance which is the best Korean film ever made and I wouldn't like to side on either side of the fence. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sort of sitting in the middle.
0: <laughs> what is it you like about the film then,
3: Paul? Kim Ki-young. I mean, I, I any of you that, that know, know my site or, or have spoken to me when I'm drunk at a do or whatever. No, I'm pretty much obsessed with the idea of, of women in Korean cinema and how the depictions have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And Kim Ki-young in the 60s actually coined the phrase despicable women for women that stepped away from traditionalism towards modernity or, or had adulterous mm-hmm. affairs, destroyed family life and whatever, and the housemaid is the archetypal example of that. With, with the, the evil, always-smoking housemaid, mm-hmm. um, played by Lee Yoon Kim, um, a phenomenal performance, and the whole disintegration of family, the whole this is the end of everything because of this despicable wanton woman. Uh, that's the main reason I chose the housemaid. It is despicable women in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's quite interesting, now. I mean, you look at it through a modern eye, and actually, she doesn't seem that despicable. Though.
2: Yeah. I, I no, mean, totally, it, totally. <laughs> and the, yeah, the rest and the rest of the characters, you know, the father and, and stuff like that. I mean, none of them are exactly, yeah, exactly. Sympathetic. Yeah, sympathetic. They're all. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's definitely some moral gray areas going on in there. So yeah, I mean, it does seem to be. You know, she is obviously kind of the focal point for it and everything, but um, as like you said, Annie, it's not exactly straightforward, you know, rich and poor, upper lower class type thing, but because um, I, I saw it for the first time when there, there was like a remastered DVD of it, which came right. out, you know, some years back, and still going back quite a way now. But um, I was surprised by kind of how complicated the characters and the situation were, and that's in, you know, in that respect. Totally, totally. I, you know, I, I mean, deeply, deeply
3: twisted in a in a really good way, and I love mm. the way Kim Ki young always uses camera work, etc., etc., to amplify everything, I mean, there are rats in the film, <laughs> I won't give that in the way, there are rats in the film but equally, you look at some of the shots from outside and they look like they're rats in a mirror the way he's filmed it, it's astonishing mm.
0: it's very, it is the way, it's so distinctive, I and mean, again you know, coming back to what I said about the house, which is quite bizarre mm. um, in a way, but, but very, very designed and there's some shots in there like there's a, a shot of a glass of water that the one of the characters is holding as she goes upstairs and right very up close kind of virtual POV kind of uh, a shot well before there were you know that was kind of a, a thing long yeah. before it was a thing and you know that it's it's very much shot as, a, as a horror film a horror thriller isn't it
3: very very much so
0: you know, and I know the music is so on edge all the way it's, it's quite discordant and jarring
3: mm. yeah totally and, and I mean, I, I will say that 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 glass scene that you talked about. As soon as I every time I see it, all I can think of is Suspicion by Hitchcock. Every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it just sort of it constantly says this is a masterpiece. This is phenomenal. Um, mm. On a on a an absolutely separate note, in case I forget to mention it, there <laughs> are two children in the housemaid. The young boy mm. is the the first role played by Anson Kee who yeah. people yeah. will know from Ravivra, uh, yep. North Korean partisan, um Nowhere to Hide, etc., etc., huge star. It's his first role because his dad worked on set and Kim Ki-young grabbed him when he was, I don't know, <laughs> a kick, kicking a ball or whatever. So, you know, nice
0: little little
2: side note. He's a, he's a right wee bastard in it as well. Uh, totally. He
0: is, isn't he? <laughs> He's a horrible he's... child. I mean, you know, going back to kind of the, the Hitchcock part of it, you know, it's it's quite interesting, you know, because I, I I watched it and I thought about Suspicion as well, and then you mm. kind of think, you know, this comes out the same year as Psycho, and yeah, so much yeah. of the action happens mm, at, at, on the stairs at the top of the stairs, which is, you know, you know, did make me think, you know, of Hitchcock as well, you know.
2: Yeah, um, totally. What about what do you think of the remake? Um.
0: Well, I mean, this is because Insane too, used to actually quite often say he, he regretted it.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I
3: agree. I mean, when I, when I spoke to him, he didn't go that far. He sort of just said, I didn't feel any honour or privilege in making mm. this film. I made a film inspired by a story, but it's my film. and mm. It's OK. It's kind of ludicrous. Um, there are so many Im Sang-soo films I prefer. I like Im Sang-soo. I think he's mm. disgracefully perverse. Um, <laughs> it's a, a badge of honour. In a, in a in a in a in a good twisted way i i love a lot of his work um the the is probably my least favorite of his
2: yeah, fair enough yeah it, it's certainly not i mean i can i just remember it being quite a a handsome film i guess you would say but i i i remember very little about it to be honest with you
3: yeah, it, it is hugely- beautiful until the, the ludicrous ending and yeah mm-hmm. you know it's got Yun in it so you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be blown away by her but me. <laughs> yes. it's,
0: it's, the power play that goes on is very much more simplistic than that that, that goes on in the original, though. The whole because it, it goes back and forth. I, I, that's one of the things I found quite interesting in in, in terms of who has the power. Mm. Um, you know, and it, you know, it should the, the housemaid should be at the bottom, but you know, then she kind of exerts her, her totally. will. To- and,
3: you know, and I mean, if you actually compare the two of them, as I say, Im Sang Soo, you know, he's not behind the door with his his overt sexuality but mm. the amount of sexual content in the remake even though it's f- there's no real sexual content overtly in the original it's mm. far more provocative far more mm. provocative than than Im Sang Su's version you know it just it oozes it but mm. I sound really dodgy don't I <laughs> yeah
2: if you're doing
1: so you're, well, you're well, oozing <laughs> <laughs> well you know <laughs>
0: Shall, shall we move on to the next film, then, Paul?
3: Yeah, we might as well. I mean, it's it sort of, I guess it came from the, the same place. It's, it's this, whole, this whole idea of kind of despicable women again, but on a, a, a wholly different level. Um, I chose Mulberry by uh, director Lee Du Young from 1986. Um, it stars Lee Mi-suk, who I know Andrew is a big fan of because she was in Actresses, which he loves. Uh, She's a huge star, Mm. has been for decades, and this is one of her very, very early roles. I think she was 18 or 19. Um, It's essentially the story about a woman whose husband does nothing but travel the world gambling and losing money. He only comes home to get more money from her. Uh, She's destitute. She's no food. Someone says, well, look, I'll give you a, a sack of rice if you have sex with me. And rumors start to spread that she's actually having sex with a lot more people, and um, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Really, really provocative, really engaging, and a classic as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, I have to admit, I have to admit, I haven't seen it. Uh, it, I, it have to, I, I, really. I would,
3: I would, I would urge you to. Um, she's, she's astonishing in it, and it's, it's. If you like Korean film, you like violence. Let's face it, and you're <laughs> gonna get, you're gonna get a fair. Bit of, of violence, and we're not talking gangs of men fighting. We're talking about women not being very friendly to each other. Um, it's 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 a remarkable film, absolutely remarkable. And it does have to be said. Well, we're on this subject. There is a scene in Mulberry where she seduces a man. She's sitting on a, a hilltop, and you know, there's no overt visuals. But she's just sitting there, and she moves her leg and. Leaves nothing to his imagination, and we were just talking about Im Sang Soo in mm-hmm. A Glo- Good Lawyer's Wife, um, his mm-hmm. really classic film from the early two thousands. He was so mm-hmm. blown away by that scene in Mulberry, he deliberately recreated it. It's in a gym, but if you if you put them side by side, I have actually sent <laughs> London Korean <laughs> Links images of both, and they are the same scene. Um, so. You know, Mulberry is classic in in the nth degree.
2: How was how was it received at the time when it when it came out? Was it, this kind of was, thing, and then was it seen as being shocking then, or was it was a much controversy? It, it was seen.
3: Then, it was it was seen as shocking, but it was seen as importantly shocking. It was okay. a big success because she was so captivating, I guess. But on top of that, the way things had moved through the seventies and eighties, where sexuality on screen was almost Demanded by the government to keep stuff away from being political. Um, That's interesting. The That's n- audiences interesting. lapped it up, and, and the mm. the more the more it the more it happened, the more they wanted. Um, there was a, a policy called the three S's, which mm-hmm. was sport, sex, and um, C, I think. And it was C. just what <laughs> C, uh, you know, things 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 you were allowed to put in in, in narratives that weren't political that would keep people from being annoyed about politics and and sex was obviously the the big one of those so mulberry's right in the center of that and i think it's very important because of it
0: that's really yeah it's quite interesting because um i know paul you and i've had this discussion in in the past i mean that explains why things were you know sexually quite daring in there yeah late 90s and early noughties and then now don't tend to be that bearing at all? It's uh, a bit too adventurous for the kind of commercial studio system.
3: Yeah, they've got, they've got to the stage of, of labelling everything with the word erotic, regardless of, of what's going on in it. It's, it's just a bit <laughs> dull and tedious, really. But, but fact, on the flip fact, side, there's that, a
1: lot more political stuff out now as well.
3: That's very true, and it's mm. a lot more worthwhile,
2: really. <laughs> mm. It's interesting. So it's pretty much the opposite. I mean, I'm not as I'm not really. So familiar with the you know Korean cinema say of the seventies and eighties, and as soon as you say, you know anything like government or anything government approved or anything like that you would, you know you really wouldn't assume that that's the kind of stuff they would actually be approving or you know encouraging. So
3: yeah, totally. You know it, it is really left field. I, I I'm not name dropping, but a couple of years ago I spoke to Lee Jang Ho who did Declaration of Idiot and stuff. And, mm. you know, he was at the stage where he was saying the only thing I made was, was films with sexual content because I knew they'd get passed. <laughs> and when you con- <laughs> when you consider how how diffi- different that was from the 60s when they could, you know, things were being banned left, right and centre. And then in the 90s with things like Lies and Yellow Hair ultimately being banned because of naughty content. It, mm. It's just a really weird period in the middle of everything.
2: Yeah.
0: OK, so let's move on to your third...
3: Film. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't choose a film and not include Im kwon um, hmm. He's he's one of the greatest directors in Korean cinema ever. Uh, done over a hundred films. I always said that Lee Chang-dong was my favorite director until I saw Burning, and then I I decided. <laughs> <laughs> know, it, I, I agree with you there. I agree as it, well. It, yeah. w- it was kind of unforgettable um, i love his earlier stuff but if i had to choose one director it would be in contact and choosing one of his films that's on the archive it wasn't easy but i've gone with Sopionja, um mm. from 1993 and it's a story of a pansuri singer a male pansuri singer who goes around the country with his two children um, trying to make money from singing pansuri tra- traditional korean music um, I, in a modern world and it gets harder and harder for him. His son sods off and he goes to some lengths to ensure that his daughter will become the best pansuri singer in the world. Um, it's, it's dark, it's twisted, it, it completely juxtaposes modernism with traditionalism and shows how modernism's pushing everything aside. It's, uh, it's, it's shocking and it's absolutely astonishing.
2: How, how does it kind of fit in with the rest of his films?
3: It's very much what he does. You know, he's mm-hmm. always been some some character out of place. If you look at one of his very recent ones, Reviva, with Ansu Key again, about a, a middle aged man who starts lusting after a young woman. You know, mm-hmm. he's a man that doesn't doesn't fit in the modern world. He's shown tr- in traditional garb all the time, but he wants to be modern to get this modern girl. It's exactly the same idea as Pianjè, except. Sopongje is the, the traditional who doesn't want to move to modern so he, he constantly does this modern traditional thing it's it's his sort of deal you know whether you, you look at you know festival uh, you know chiswasion, they're all about traditionalism within modernity that doesn't fit so it's sort of his it's sort of his thing and he's incredible at it um, I I can't recommend Sopongje enough I really can't out of <laughs> out of the three I've mentioned, if I did give you an order, I'd say watch Sopyunj, The Housemaid, and then finish off with Mulberry, even though they're in the wrong order. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. What we also said is is just three quick mentions of other titles. So what have you got lined up for us, Paul?
3: First off, um from nineteen sixty nine, Shinsan Oaks, uh Thousand Years Old Fox, um, Korean cinema. Has become obsessed with nine-tailed, nine-tailed foxes or gummy holes. As is television, this was one of the first. It's from <laughs> Shin Sang-ok, who uh, most famously was kidnapped by Kim Jong-il with his wife um, and made to make films in North Korea. You need something from him. I recommend this. It's a <laughs> classic horror and one of the one of the things that set the scene for things to come. Next. From 1936, Sweet Dream. Uh, This was the first despicable women film ever made about a woman who uh, leaves her husband and child for the bright lights of of modern life and uh, has an affair and it all goes, shall we say, tits up. Um, (laughs) It's the second oldest Korean film that still exists. The only other older one was from 1934, which was Crossroads of Youth. So if you want to see where Korean film started, or near enough started, check that out. And the final one I've chosen is The Shower from 1979 by Ko Young Nam. The reason I chose that is The Shower is a classic story that's told, you know, taught in school still to this day. Um, it's about two, two young people who fall in love their parents are unhappy about it and they have to try and find a way around it. And there is a, a classic scene where they get caught together in a, a rain shower, funnily enough. It's Korea, it rains. Um, hmm. And it has been copied in films such as the classic with Son Ye Jin from the early 2000s and it's been parodied in My Sassy Girl. It's a hugely iconic idea of a scene. Um, and the shower, it may not be the most stunning story it's very simple but it's possibly one of the most beautiful korean films i've ever seen it's absolutely mm-hmm. astonishingly lovely um so those are my other three and i'll be quiet now
1: <laughs> i always love hearing you talk about korean cinema paul it's always just it's like i'm just listening to a teacher and I, love is, 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 I mean that as oh, a compliment by the way i, agree, okay, I'm an okay. I
3: feel like i've just been keyed.
1: No <laughs> No and, and I always love listening not to people Kian who really know what they're talking about. That's what I mean. Like and just it's always fascinating to hear you talk about Korean cinema.
0: So great recommendations and they're all on the Korean film archive on the YouTube. For absolutely free. Absolutely free, lots to go for. Talk. <laughs> to move on and roxy we gave you the task of trying to find some that are this is the ish part of it the free-ish part of it that that are um it were either available free or um were available on something like amazon prime or netflix or something like that that you could easily get hold of but i think it's worth here kind of talking about how what seems like an easy task Absolutely. You would think. You would think.
1: Honestly, it was so difficult trying to find mm. even to just manage Amazon Prime's list. I I I was just there like Korean cinema, South Korean cinema, South Korea, come on. Like it's it's very difficult even just to find Korean films. I mean even when you looked Andrew, you found what? Like Chinese films and things like that mm. in the Korean list which didn't make sense. I'd go back and forth. I looked through so many different channels and like even on Amazon Prime when they showed Peppermint Candy for that was available on Movie, that didn't mm. really seem clear that it was available on Movie because it's not on the actual movie side just through Amazon Prime. So
2: that <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah, it didn't really make really? any sense. No. And <laughs> I was just and I thought, Oh Peppermint Candy, great film to recommend. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just had to kind of really dig deep into the different types of um, Subscription services that there are, but uh, that's why probably a lot of these films are on Amazon Prime, <laughs> and some well, on I Netflix, mean... but not as many as there used to be. There used to be much better films on there, in my opinion. So and
0: it, it is. I mean, I mean, there, are, there are obviously there are issues with uh, rights between different territories, which makes this thing far more difficult than one would like. Mm. Yeah, just a kind of a preamble do we have done this from a UK perspective. I know we've got listeners from all over the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> no doubt. And you will find your experiences are quite different. I know that in the US that there are lots of films available on Prime Video that aren't available here. Mm. Um and, Likewise uh, on
3: Netflix as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah Netflix, there were so Netflix many films really cool. I loved on Netflix. And it's it's really changed mm. in the last few months, let alone years, from when I've you know, looked back on it.
0: Mm. So many of those films you know,
1: that I really enjoyed are no longer there. So
0: And and, and what are the yeah, big cool problems with like. things like amazon is that they allow the different distributors content owners to kind of put up their own stuff and uh nobody polices it so that's why you get all this stuff that you know sometimes um isn't necessarily even their own content that they might be putting yeah. up. <laughs> but you know even when it is though you will either through accident or just they might think oh well, uh, we've got a chinese film but let's or we've got a taiwanese film but let's make let's say it's korean because that's that that's got more yeah. cachet. They would just tag it as that. And so you can't, it's so, it can be so, it's such a, you know, mindful to try actually try and find something and you, you work it out and you've got probably a couple of pages mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you've of a hundred choices.
2: Find out the subtitles are out of sync or you start playing it and you're like, it's a different version or something. It's just, I never, the yeah. kind of, the rule, but the rule of thumb I kind of have is if I'm, you know, if I've been a bit on the wacky water, a little bit drunk and I don't go for Amazon Prime. It's too much hassle. You never know what, you're going to spend so much, much time scanning around and I would go straight to Netflix then. It's limited, but at least, you know, if you click on something, you know, you know what you're going to get. The search engine, you know, actually works. Whereas Amazon, to me, is just, there's probably all kinds of things yeah. hidden on there we don't even know. You know, stuff. although I, no. I,
3: I do have to say Netflix does piss me off for the amount of times <laughs> things are available and then they suddenly aren't. You know, well, some yeah. of that, great, that is, great films on there. They had, and, you know, they had, they had the Scarlet Letter for, you know, mm. a year. And then yeah. suddenly it's not there anymore. And, yeah, OK, most people maybe have seen it, but they're still getting people signing up. And they're classic films, you know. And a lot of, from my point of view, a lot of the Netflix stuff, mm-hmm. like Psychokinesis and etc. etc. Mm-hmm. They all have cetera, they all have an issue because somewhere in the middle it will go tits up because Netflix is involved, and in it kind of annoys me. Um, but that's, that's a very personal opinion.
1: <laughs> there will be no sponsorship from Netflix here. Oh, no. Actually,
2: I don't know. I mean, we, we, we seem to keep coming back to saying it's great. Oh, yeah, this film's on Netflix. I love Netflix. I, mean, I do love not Netflix. Not actually, not on They just remove the films too yeah. too
1: quickly for my liking, is what, what I think.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: So, at the time of recording, these films are correct. Um, so, yeah, I think, Roxy, let's let's go into some of your, your main choices here. And I think your first choice is one I think we can all agree on as being an absolutely outstanding film, which is A Girl at My Door.
1: This one just yeah, really... Definitely. Yeah, it really surprised me when I first watched it, because I, I didn't know what I was expecting. But anyway, it's by July Jung. It's from 2014. It stars Beidou now, which people will know from Kingdom or... Sense8, or, you know, Quite films nice. like, other films. I mean, she's in everything, really. She's in... She's Airdle. <laughs> <amazing.
0: laughs>
1: exactly. She's, she's Japanese such a films great... as well. <laughs> yeah, she's such a great actress. I love her. So, it kind of surprised me, because it starts out as being about this uh, female chief of police, uh, played by Beiduna, and um, because of a scandal, she's moved from Seoul to a small fishing village, and she kind of gets drawn to this young girl who's being physically and verbally abused by her stepfather and grandmother. I mean, she really wants to step in and help this girl. And to begin with, you think, okay, you know, she needs to save this girl. She needs to really, really help her. But it kind of turns on its head and starts dealing with quite interesting issues like the LGBTQ plus community and how they're dealt with or how they're kind of received by the Korean community who are, I personally feel wrongly, very traditionalist and backwards thinking in that they They don't really tend to accept for the most part the LGBTQ plus community. and you can really see that in a Girl at my door because Bayjuna's character is a lesbian, and it's it's dealt with in a way that she just is a lesbian. It doesn't really define her, which is something that I like mm. that July Jung does in this film because it's kind of just part of her. It's not you know it it doesn't you know motivate her or isn't it doesn't represent everything about her character. You know she just happens to be gay but uh it's what's interesting is the way people react to her being a lesbian where they kind of feel like oh wait a second you're taking care of this young girl what does that mean like oh you're just abusing your your power as a police officer to abuse her this poor girl that's already being abused Mm. and it's it's just fascinating really the way that it was approached and i really just loved the The dynamic between Beiduna and Kim Se-Ron who plays the young girl. Um, They just were they work so well together and they're very sweet and you kind of think this is a really innocent relationship she's really just trying to help this this poor girl but the way that the community twists it and turns it is is really really interesting.
0: And also the other other thing it talks about as well is it's very sympathetic to the the migrant population mm. as well. Which yeah. mm-hmm. is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually, you know, and I remember kind of some films. Uh, it was a little bit after that, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the film. The Beat Tattoo. The...
2: Oh, Beat the Murder, the Devil's Tattoo. Yeah. Something which like... is which Christ, is really it's a really awkward name. I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and um, but that was very very critical of of uh, some of the migrant char- characters. Where this really isn't, and actually. It just adds a bit of depth to the whole kind of idea of this kind of you know quite a out of the way a small fishing town just outside of yosu that's yeah has a lot of migrants to help kind of little things and do things it's you know there's just there's these kind of levels to to what's talked about in the film it's, it's it is really very yeah. it's interesting. It's really well done, and it's really amazingly
2: active mm. yeah. and She 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 she's like quite a high, heavy alky in the film as well, isn't she? She's drinking yes. pretty much all the way that's through right. it. And yeah. I think well, she's
0: got those those uh, plastic bottles. I remember that's right.
2: Like the yeah,
1: the water bottles, bottles are just so cute. Yeah.
2: And I think that that's one of the I mean, when you're talking about her character being you know lesbian, and that would be more just kind of like uh, you know by the by she is, is you know, which is which is an interesting um, way they deal with it with the townspeople and everything. But I I thought the way they dealt with her drinking in the film was quite Mm -hmm. interesting the assumptions that some of the people then Mm -hmm. made about her and Mm -hmm. her drinking and everything like that where she was just you know and it kind of gradually reveals her past and everything in there as well it's you know there there is kind of a some sort of hitchcock style tensions and character shifts in there as well Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. no it's an amazing film but has Mm -hmm. the director done anything else that was her i looked i looked it
1: up she hasn't done anything since then which is a real shame because she is very talented. And she's quite quite, she's young, she quite young,
2: director. She's, though, she's she? quite
0: young. I think yeah. both Paul and I, both Paul and I, uh, were lucky enough to speak to her. Oh, And cool. she's very, very timid. Yeah. Yeah. you know, she was. Uh, it was produced by Lee Chang that's, right. yeah, that's right. that's yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, you you would have expected whether this or you know some TV work or something mm. to to have happened next. Yeah, I really never... like
1: the the. I mean, everything that we mentioned the migrant issues, the LGBT issues her alcoholism it's just like there's layer upon layer in this film and it's so cleverly done that there's so much you can take away I, I from love
3: it. the fact that I, I love the fact that there are so many layers but it's so gentle as well mm. you yeah. know right. I mean you can yeah. you can tell you can tell it's coming from a female hand mm-hmm. and I think that that gives it a, a, a far greater power um, you know I, I can say what you like but I guarantee a male director could never have made a film like this um, I'd agree with you, I'd agree she, with you. She, yeah. she's, she's, she's wonderful I'd love to see her do more but you just get the feeling that she did a logo shorts and finally got the chance and she just hasn't had the chance since and, and yeah. that's a shame that's a shame because it's an, inc- it's an incredible movie
1: mm. and what yeah. I find quite interesting when I was looking when I was researching the way that she made this film is that because it focused on LGBT issues in particular it didn't really get any financial aid except from the Korean Film Council and mm. because of that the budget was so small mm. that Beijuna and kim Seyron decided not to get paid
2: wow. for their
1: okay. for their work which really shows the passion yeah. that went into this project like mm. all of them really wanted to tell this story and could see how important it was that you know they would just do it for free
2: mm. but i mean i did, i mean it played a lot around the world didn't it? i mean it's one of those ones that yeah f- first time i heard of it was getting a, one of those I, d- I don't know how many minutes it was but some kind of Ovation at Cannes and stuff, so mm-hmm, it, it really travelled yeah. well, didn't
1: it? It's won awards, which it definitely deserves. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, and, and it... it is
0: so interesting, though. I think because it's it's one of those films. I feel like it's kind of fallen out of of sight a bit because it's not mm. the kind of the big old boy kind mm-hmm. of yeah, you know yeah. the host kind of you know yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. kind of wants to talk about it. But you know, even I've got a lot of, of recognition at the time. It, it's kind of you yeah, know, it's just just you know but it does deserve you know if you haven't watched it yet you should definitely yeah definitely i mean Mm. that's
1: why i wanted to mention it because everyone knows parasite everyone knows Old boy like there's so many films that everyone knows that you really don't want to you know point them in that direction when when parasite came out and all of every single publication in existence in the uk probably in america too who knows but they all started doing these trends of Ten Korean films that you need to see after watching Parasite, and they're all the same films yeah. we know and yeah. you very, know we expect, true. and you think you know what mm. there needs to be some other films, you know some smaller films deserve the same mm. recognition.
2: Yeah, and it's another one which and um, which Paul, some of you could probably say, but like this is there does seem to be kind of a trend of like Korean rural islands usually having like you know lurking evil behind them, whether it's social <laughs> evils or actual fucking evil. Well, that's that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. what those those little communities are for, and you know, things like the devil,
3: come comes to my head. You know, thinking of the way um, right now, yeah. or yeah. the bedevilled. Well, yeah. exactly uh. same 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 deal. You know, I mean, it's just is that a thing? You, then? you almost think that. Yeah, it, it really is, you know, it's it's the whole, so lights are, are, are convinced that these rural communities have, have you know, <laughs> desperate stuff lurking beneath, you know. I mean, even go back as far as, what, five, six years ago, maybe even ten, to a film like Missing, uh, yeah. you know, set yeah, in a little yeah, rural yeah. community where an old man who looks mm. after his mother and, you know. Grinds women up for a living. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> for a living. It's, it's part of that deal. You get a, you get away from the the modern metropolis, yeah. and, and you know your head's gonna explode. And I, I, sort of relate being in lockdown because I feel I'm in that little community
2: all my own. Yeah, so. You just want yeah. me to do some grinding up. <laughs> what
1: are you trying to tell us there, Paul?
2: Yeah, this is This could be used as a confession. Uh, uh, first, <laughs> recent
3: case. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. My only defence is that I don't actually interact with people in person anymore, so I'm, I'm. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> so, Roxy, shall we move on to your next choice, which is also on Prime Video, I believe.
1: You know what? They're all on Prime Video. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> <laughs> Once I figured out how to find the Korean films, suddenly the world opened up, and I was like, "Oh, there's so, there's some great films on here actually." So um,
0: hashtag sponsorship available.
1: Yes. <laughs> <I should say laughs> quite... Sponsor us now, Amazon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apart from the fact where we said it's terrible to find anything, but yeah, well, fix your you fix can, your you search it, method, the and
1: then that's fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. fix
0: it in the edit. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, another film that I really love is uh, on Amazon Prime, of course. It's Battleship Island, mm. which uh, is by Ryu Seong Wan and stars has such a great cast like Huang Junmin, Soji Ji Sub, Song Joong Ki, Yi jung Hyun. They're all like everyone who's anyone is in this film. Really, mm-hmm. I find so um, it's this epic historical drama that's set in the final years of World War Two and it's on the eponymous. Battleship Island, also known as Hashima Island, which is in Japan, and it kind of details the atrocities that Koreans faced from the Imperial Japanese Army and people like that, where they were basically herded to this island to be forced laborers in the mines and also comfort women and, you know, this is not an easy watch by any means, but it is so important. It is you know, it's it's like when we have World War One movies here, World War Two movies here. Just, it's a way to kind of remember what happened, to see what happened. And we're kind of all shocked and horrified, of course, but that's that's the point. You wanna learn from the mistakes of the past. You wanna see how you're, you're supposed to treat humanity in a kind way, which I feel like this lockdown has helped because people are kind of, because we're all apart, everyone's trying to stay connected. And we're kind of learning to be kinder to each other, I find except for trolls on the internet i'm calling you out anyway (laughs) apart from them uh so what i find is with korean cinema there's a lot of at least in modern korean cinema paul you can correct me the uh i find there's, (laughs) (laughs) but i find there's been quite a lot of uh, movies that are set during the japanese occupation of korea and and what i find with battleship island is it's a lot more personal and I think that's why it kind of stands above films like *Assassination* or um, *Age of Shadows* in that it's not just showing this, you know, horrific violence. Let's, you know, overpower the Japanese and 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 you know get our freedom back. It's 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 kind of has this really emotional story at the heart of it, which is thanks to the lead cast and the characters that Russo Grant has has written there for us. So. Uh, the ones that I particularly am drawn to is Swan Jingmin's Min's character, his Yi uh, Kang Hok and his relationship with his daughter, and he's a bandmaster and he basically is not a crook, but he's, he's a hustler. He knows how to make his life better on this island through, you know through his wily ways. and he, but really what it is is he wants to make life better for his daughter and for him, not less for him, more for his daughter. He wants to make sure that she's safe. And it kind of brings to mind for me Roberto Benigni's Life is Beautiful, in that it, that kind of in this it's father daughter, in Life is Beautiful's father and son bond, in that is you know the father trying to make sure that the, the kid doesn't really realize what's going on, or at least isn't like their innocence isn't ruined by it, you know. So I find that this film it just they works those two Han Jingmin and Kim Soo An is his daughter. I feel like they work so well together. Their dynamic is really beautiful and really moving. So, I really loved how they acted together and how they went throughout the movie together building on that relationship. So, that's those are the particular that's the particular relationship that I really loved. But also because it's a war epic, there really is a lot of action, there is a lot of violence, there is, you know, a big epic fight for freedom at the end and it kind of it really doesn't hold its punches. <laughs> in that in that fight. It's just so well made, so well crafted and acted so well that I really do think it should be watched. And something that's quite interesting about Hashima Island so what I find because I also love Japanese cinema as everyone knows. And I've always been interested in Japanese history, but one thing that I found with Hashima Island that I found quite shocking with Hashima Island and really with a lot of World War Two is that, you know, the Japanese government haven't actually acknowledged the things that they did. They kind of saying no we didn't we didn't have forced laborers no we didn't have comfort women and that's quite a you know subject of contention between the korean and japanese people in a way because and you can see that in this film i feel like rusev one really makes it obvious his thoughts (laughs) about (laughs) the japanese government in this in this film and what's quite interesting is that Hashima is a unesco world heritage site right now but uh and it was only going to be a unesco heritage site if they you know, included details of the fact that these horrific things happened to Korean and Chinese workers, but they said they would do it, and then they got the UNESCO...
2: Heritage status, like... Mm. That's it, the status. They
1: got that, and then they went back on their word and said, oh no, this doesn't mean that they were forced laborers, you know, this didn't mean that any of this happened. And at the end of Battleship Island, Ru Songwon kind of, he acknowledges that this happened, and that they're not actually, they still haven't said that they did these things.
3: Um, and it does have to be said, you've already said it, but, you know, it's Ryu Sung Wan, the action kid of Korean cinema. So, as well as your emotion, which it, there is a, a, a great deal of emotion, more than some of his other stuff, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. There's I think also, more, got, more. there's going to be action that's going to rip your head off, full stop. Yeah. But for me, for me, <laughs> I agree. Wang Joon Min and Kim Soo-An working together w- was the highlight of the film for me, and her performance especially. And you, you, yeah you guys listening will probably recognise her as the young girl in Train to Busan, so mm. um, you know, she's, she's gone on to be become a name, and uh, her performance for me, and her performance with Wang Jung Min, was just this, it made this a worthwhile thing, regardless of Ryo Song Wan, whose stuff I love anyway.
2: Mm. I don't know, I, I, I liked it, but didn't, didn't love it, I guess, I mean, I think I was very impressed by the scale of it, and I was really impressed by mm. the, you know, it doesn't fall back on, like, CGI or kind mm-hmm. of special effect. You know, they actually built the sets. They had the extras, which is, even watching it, and I, I watched it on Amazon a couple of nights ago. I managed to find it, so plus points. But, um, <laughs> you know, but even on the small screen, it looks it looks really good. And, and you can tell mm. that difference between using extras and, you know, big computer-generated crowds of people. But mm-hmm. I, I still think a little bit, there was, and I, I did like it on balance, but there there was something slightly about it which left a kind of a slight bad taste in my mouth about taking that situation, and, and you know, most of it, there's a lot of you know, broad strokes, historic, historical facts are true and everything, but <laughs> they still kind of take the the Korean ensemble blockbuster template, you know, like Hyundai, everything, and it, to the letter, kind of to good. the word, and it applies it to it exactly, like his relationship with the daughter and everything, is, is moving, but it, it's also Without going into any plot spoilers or anything, you know, a, lo- a lot, of that relationship is very, is pretty manipulative for the viewer, and everything the way they use it. She's constantly in threat of Are the Japanese pedophiles going to grab her? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're not going into too much. So it is, and I thought it doesn't make it a bad film at all. And if anything, for that kind of Korean blockbuster, in the same way I'd say for a Hollywood blockbuster, is definitely above average. It doesn't have the same level of kind of agreed, pointless agreed. melodrama, but. Compared to his other works, compared to stuff like The Unjust or even veteran and stuff, I thought it, it was a much more, th- this is one of his, probably the only one of his films which I thought he's really gone down that sort of full-on Korean blockbuster popcorn kind of route. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't diminish the film, but I think it, compared to, I, I thought compared to his other films, it would have a bit more of an edge to mm-hmm. it. To it yeah. and, and, and it's moving because of the, you know, the real-life atrocities and everything like that, which, you know, obviously a Korean audience would be primed for and everything yeah.
3: but you, and and you know, and that goes for the Japan anti-Japanese sentiment as well you know that's going to mm, hit mm, Koreans okay. a lot more than it hits yeah. us because because we may may feel it's even a little bit over the top in that respect
2: I I don't know too that's one thing I'd say but again without spoilers for it and everything but it's pretty he he's very good at kind of looking at the situation of the way um, some of the you know the the Korean shall we say sympathizer characters are and yeah, the way yeah. they work which is, you know, quite a major part of the film, which I thought was quite to me it didn't come out compared to some other films, like an anti Japanese rant, right? I think he's actually very uh, no, you know, more even handed than some people could have been in a very good way. So I, I thought that was yeah. a very strong point of the film to me. Yeah. I agree.
1: That's one of the things that I liked
2: about it. It's yeah. not like a mad patriotism film in, mm-hmm. in the way some other ones could yeah. have been, which which is more powerful. But it's just the characters. You know, you, you have like the two or three main characters and they all they're a little bit sort of box ticking rules for people and everything <laughs> in there. Whereas I think for that kind of historical subject when it's dealing with you know, like forced labor, POWs, uh, you know, the comfort Women subject and everything, it's still pretty popcorn-y, but it, mm. it, it's still, you know, but as I say, it's still for a Korean blockbuster or any kind of popcorn film from any culture. It's still definitely above average, to be honest. But yeah. there is, as Andy alerted me to like a director's cut. Yes, I, I haven't, seen. which
1: I, I re-watched last night, actually. Uh, well, what's, the, what's the
2: difference? It's it, about 20 minutes longer, something, half an hour long. Yeah,
1: it's about 20 minutes longer, and I really think the film hits differently because I've seen both the theatrical and the director's cut, and I feel okay. like it really adds to it. Normally, well, not normally, but you would think 20 minutes extra wouldn't really change a film, but I mm. feel like it did. It's a lot more propaganda-y, in a uh, way. Okay. That's the best okay. way to describe it, but it yeah, works in its favour, I think. I really liked it. And I got to see it at Udine, the director's cut at Oh, see so
2: saw it on, on, on the, the big screen. screen. Oh, that yeah. would be... I would. I think I would I would have... I mean, I still like it, but I, seeing it on the big screen would have definitely notched it up a little bit, I think. It, yeah, I definitely it would think so. spectacular.
1: Because I was uh, a mess at the end of this film. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. I was just a, like a sobbing mess. I was like, no one talk to me. I need a good five minutes here. <laughs> so, yeah. But I would recommend a director's cut for sure, that one. I I really it, feel like it's, it's it's more takes more it takes it from a four-star film to a five-star film for me, the, the difference between the director's cool. cut and the theatrical cool. cut. But that's my personal opinion. Wow. Maybe mm. for you it would be three to four, who knows. But to me it's four to five.
0: Okay, so we'll move on to your next film, Roxy. The Mimic.
1: The Mimic. Now, as most of you know, I really tend to avoid horror films because they, <laughs> they freak me out beyond belief, especially... Asian horror films, because there's something different about Asian horror films. They really get under your skin. But I don't, because you know, being a film critic, I don't want to cut out the genre entirely. I really you know, that would be pointless. What you know, I can't ignore horror films just because they scare me. So, I mean that's the point of horror films. So, you know, it's doing its job. Anyway, I'm very glad that I, I didn't cut it out of my life because The Mimic is fantastic. It's from 2017. It's directed by Hugh Jung. And um, it's about a woman who moves again, going along the lines of moving out of Seoul to a small community. <laughs> she moves to Say, uh, say exactly. <laughs> Yeah, see <laughs> she moves to Mount Jang, I think it is, like a, a village near that, that particular oh. mountain with her, her daughter, her husband and the I don't know if it's her mother or her, her husband's mother, but either way, the matriarch of the family. And in a, she's she's moved them there because her the grandmother has alzheimer's and she wants her to remember what happened to their son who went missing because he went missing with with the grandmother in tow but she can't remember what happened there's loads of sinister things that start happening in this in this town particularly in the forest outside their their house of course Mm -hmm. Uh, there is a uh this tunnel cave i don't know how you would describe it but basically someone has taken the shaman talisman off it dun 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 of course something evil is lurking behind there. and one day she comes across this little girl and she decides I'm gonna take in this little girl because you know obviously something's happened to her we need to find her family but you know she's not she's not what you would expect she basically starts mimicking her family and starts there's something more sinister going on in this little girl and I find in horror films children are the worst (laughs) 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 <laughs> <They're>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always if there's a child in a horror film, they're 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 the evil one. They're gonna you know murder you in your sleep. Something's gonna happen. So <laughs> lots of things start. Lots of horrifying things start unfolding. I don't want to give it too much away. And I really do think that Hyo Jung Hyun Jung. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. You I don't know if you listen to this, but anyway. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I feel like he's fantastic at building tension in this film even when you can't see anything it's that kind of sense of dread that something is lurking in the dark something is going to come after her Um, you know there's such a big payoff at the end that you know Mm. it's I feel like it's really really great and I really do think that Shin Rina who plays the little girl this this sinister little girl She's particularly good. She's very scary and unsettling in in her role. Yeah, she
3: can be she can be chilling. Yeah. Espec- it's, especially a one scene involving well involving an implement of some sort.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> shockingly
3: <laughs> chilling. She's great.
1: Yeah. Like I I hope that she has a blossoming career ahead of her because she is incredible in
3: that role. I mean, I would say you know a, a, a few of your podcasts ago. You asked me to do a thing saying, you know, how I got into Eastern flicks. Mm. And I, I, I mentioned, you know, A Tale of Two Sisters was my big thing. Mm. Um, yeah. it, it's, what, it's what changed the tide. Um, and if you think of the evil stepmother in A Tale of Two Sisters, um, she's played by Yum Jung Ah. And Yum Jung Ah is the, the mother, the, the main female adult <laughs> character in The Mimic. And uh, when I okay. first heard you know back in the day she was a scream queen she you know if there was a horror movie she was in it uh, and she 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 drew me to korean horror much as roxy is scared shitless by it, it, it drew, she drew me to it you know and when i t- saw the thing for the mimic for the first time seeing that she'd come back to horror i, mm. I was jumping up and down with excitement uh, you know I, I, and i think I, I I love the film. I love the 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 scare tactics of it. You know what's coming. You know something's coming, but it mm-hmm. still scares the but be- Jesus out of you anyway. Um, she's phenomenal in it. Thank God she came back to horror, and her interaction <laughs> with that little child is incredible. This is this is a a stunning horror. You know, considering the fact for many years Korean horror was a bit predictable and a bit plodish, yeah. um, I can't recommend them. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I love them, but can't recommend it enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, I'm going to read out
2: a. Going quiet again. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've got a. I, I can read a, a quote from the DVD release, if I may. Which is here a, we go.
0: Yeah, is uh, on you,
1: the front
2: you? knew I was going to say this, Eskin. A, a brooding horror. Dot dot dot. Tense frightening James Mudge <laughs> <Easterncake.com>. <laughs> right, there you go oh, I, I love it I, but it, it's the guy who did um, Hide and Seek uh, as yeah. well right? which uh, yeah. Yeah. And I that preferred, was his debut I think I preferred it? this to Hide yeah. and uh, I thought this was better than, I think Hide and Seek was like good but mm. you know it dropped off and I think that it was a bit it was a bit uneven yeah 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 exactly it was just a yeah, bit very, uneven very it very, kind of, very. But it, yeah. it, that, but it
0: had some great stuff and then it just like Ugh.
2: Yeah, the stuff with the Mad Symbols and that like. But that's another one which was on... I don't think it's... It's not on Netflix anymore, but it was before. And it dropped off without warning. But I, I preferred the Mimic in it. But I, I thought... And it's another one we can't go into because, you know, spoilers and everything. But I thought the, the last third of the Mimic was outstanding. It, it goes to some right. pretty, yeah.
3: mm-hmm. pretty
2: unexpected... Not, not philosophical, really not quite philosophical places. But, you know, it's not just like a normal you know, creepy fucking kid horror type film. It's actually got some pretty unexpected stuff in there. So, mm. yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I would 100% recommend The Mimic, watching mm. it. Yeah, and
1: it's on Amazon
2: Prime, currently. Currently, apparently, probably, if you can search <laughs> At it, time of recording. All you have to do <laughs> At is the time say, of recording. <laughs> you just have to type in Amazon Prime Free Watch Korean Film The Mimic, in brackets, not Chinese, Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then, you have a, Easy. then you've got a fucking 50-50 chance of finding it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Roxy your your uh, your free special mentions shortcuts yes.
2: and... wild cards
1: my wild cards so to Netflix finally I Ooh. would recommend Forgotten which is by Jang Hanjin from 2017 it stars Kang Hanul and Kim Mu Yeol, Kim Mu and uh, it's quite another intense thriller it's not quite horror it really tricks you with that it makes it seem like it's a horror film but it's a thriller I would say and it's about this 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 man who he's quite a sensitive person he's, and he moves house with his family and his brother goes missing for 19 days and when his brother comes back he seems different something's wrong and he decides I need to find out the truth of what happened to him but it takes quite an unexpected and sinister turn and I'll leave it at that
0: <laughs> okay next choice <laughs> next
1: choice is back to Amazon Prime I trust the Amazon Prime uh, New World mm. which is by part one Jong. Uh, for it's from mm-hmm. twenty fourteen and it's another big uh, A-list cast. We have I Jung Jae, Che Min Sik, Huang min again, and Park soon Wong. They're they're the lead male characters. It's kind of an epic gangster film that is about an undercover cop trying to dismantle a powerful crime syndicate from the inside. And there's just twist after twist after twist, and it's it's got such an intricate plot and really brutal violence. So, uh, it's it's. Really, not one to miss. It's quite, it's
2: quite a fascinating film. Yeah, it's a great film, uh, he, and he's one of those directors who I have to, I kind of keep forgetting when I see a film that he actually, you know, he's actually done it. He's like, a um, works, He's worked on a
0: lot, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he's, he, he's kind of in a behind-the-scenes one.
2: He was a screenplay as I mean, a he's, write,
0: script writer, great writer,
2: because um, he wrote. It. I saw the, the devil right, and he did the witch part one, the subversion. Nah, which is, which has it. recently disappeared from Amazon. With its <laughs> terrible <laughs> subtitles anyway, so it's better not watching it. But, um, <laughs> which, which is a great film, but yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. New World is an amazing film. It's one of those Korean gangster ones mm-hmm. which uh, it doesn't refresh the formula, but it does so much a better job than a lot of other ones do.
0: Okay, so uh, last of these mini choices, Roxy. Now this is when yeah. I
1: went down my deep dark hole of searching different uh, subscription <laughs> services. So it's uh, on the BFI player. It's Mother mm. by Bong Joon-ho, mm. And man you can't go hour. wrong
3: with a film with so many big names.
1: I know, I know. I have to end on a high. So, I mean, they're all great, <laughs> but I'm ending on a particular high because, obviously, Bong Joon-ho is the man of the hour. Everyone loves Parasite, and he, rightly so. He deserves his recognition, and I'm, you know, I was so happy the next morning of, after the Oscars and find out he won Best Film, Best Director, etc., etc. So, um... Mother is one I find one of his best films today. I I love Memories of Murder as well. That's my favorite of his personally, but Mother is high up there as well. Uh it's mm. this quite gripping story of the lengths that uh, a mother would go to to save her son when he's accused of murder. And I um, I mean Bong Joon-ho's story is fantastic, but I really feel like Kim He, he- ja who's plays the titular mother she just is Fantastic. incredible in that title role. Like, this film would not be nearly as thrilling without her in that role. She is remarkable, and it's just, mm. yeah. Just for her performance alone, absolutely incredible.
0: Okay, so James, we're gonna move on to yeah, some so of your you kind of random read... picks from from, from from what's left on Netflix. <sighs> and the, exactly, and the like. they're not
2: they're not, <laughs> too, they're not too random since there's not that many, to be honest. But um, time to hunt, I, I guess. Which finally, after the legal wranglings and that, just kind of the, finally arrived on Netflix recently. So, which you know, I, I enjoyed. You know, his, his film was it ten years since he did a Bleak Night, and it's not. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's one of those films which is kind of better than the sum of its parts for me. I and mean, visually, it's stunning. Wish I'd seen it on a big screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some parts of the plot make absolutely no fucking sense at all. But <laughs> it, it's, you know, they're, they're so incompetent and useless and they look like K-pop boy band guys and they're going about their business. But, <laughs> but then, it, but then and, it, and it's weird because he kind of seems to flip between playing on that fact and making them stupid. Uh, and Ooh. then the other time you're supposed to take them seriously, but then when you have the fella playing the villain, anytime he's on the screen, it's like wow, well, that's gold. He, he's he's outstanding. He, he that's one of the best Korean characters I've seen for quite a while. In one of these films, like um, uh, without saying what happens later in the film, the last third of it suddenly it goes from kind of middling in the middle to ramping up really really quickly. So it's far too long, but. Yeah. I, 100% I, I,
3: I actually felt better. <laughs> I actually felt better about it at the end than I did sort of halfway through. Exactly. Exactly. Even though it, even though it is too long, um, so I think that the ending sort of works in its favor, really.
2: Definitely. Ap- apart from the last five minutes, but yeah, it, it's yeah okay. Yeah, it, yeah. But it's still yeah the, the last third with the set pieces. It's amazing. Um, I I, re- I did really like the way you kind of took that kind of mix of very sort of gritty low budget indie stuff and then still applied it to doing like what's you know sort of set in the future not near future kind of thing you know there's none of the sort of usual stuff like a a giant floating billboard and stuff oh wait there (laughs) might be shit sorry there might be a floating billboard but uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying trying to think uh... (laughs) sorry i might have i might have just uh, scorned myself man but either way you know what i mean there's not mad future trappings in it and uh, w- once you know it's kind of a heist film uh, and it, it, but it looks like it's a fairly straightforward mm. film but then once the, the killer guy gets involved in it it, it it kind of goes off the rails in a very good way and if they just stuck to him it would have been amazing Yeah. if that had been like an hour and 45 something that, that could have been a classic film <laughs> so, and it, but it's weird it's another guy who Physical
3: knows. impossibility in Korean cinema <laughs> 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 <Sure>. Almost, <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I was
1: about to say The Mimic is you an know. hour and 40 you
3: know.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, but it's one, one of the rare
3: ones you know i i'm at yeah. the stage where i where i get korean dvds i look on the back to see how close <laughs> they are to three hours you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. you know, moss immediately exactly. comes back to mind moss the film that never
2: ever ends oh, I, it think a, also, I, I, mean, I think moss was one of the i, I, I enjoyed it but it, i mean that, that community is so rural and it's so twisted well, and who's
3: seen that before, eh? Um, <laughs> that you know, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed. I really, I did enjoy Moss, but I, like I, Moss. I had to go at it at three stages because it's just so damn long.
2: Oh, I, I saw it in a cinema screening somewhere, and I, I was. It's one of those horrible occasions. Where I was trapped in the middle row, had a few beers first, and couldn't actually leave. Whoa. So the tension was upping and upping and upping for me. Like I need to go, but I can't. I need to go to the bathroom, but I can't. But it's so great. <laughs> It's a great film, Wasp, awesome, but I felt like.
0: So that's it for this podcast. If you have any suggestions for favourite Korean films you think we should all be watching, then let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google. But for now, cheers. Gumbo. <laughs> uh, stay
2: healthy.
1: Stay home.